Hello, my friends, and um, welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. So we're getting close. I mean, now is going to be the fourth week of uh, Lent. We're going to start the fourth Sunday of Lent. And I know I haven't been able to do a lot of episodes, um, but here I want to focus on uh, certain things to reflect on during Lent. So I'm going to try to keep it simple. Um, So let's just do the act of contrition and uh, we'll move into a couple of passages we can uh, meditate on. Okay? In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, and all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to please pray with me and for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Okay, one of the things um, I think. Um, when we do the daily readings, we find that actually interesting. In the daily readings in Mass, um, you'll find that God actually is speaking to us. He's actually communicating to us through the daily readings. And a lot of times, they're quite relevant. They're quite uh, relevant to through the spiritual crisis and problems we're going through. You know, um, let's start off, okay, for this, the 16th, okay, um, this Thursday, ready? Here is a reading, um, the first one is from Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 23 to 28. Thus says the Lord, This is what I command my people. Listen to my voice. Then I will be your God and you shall be my people. Walk in all the ways that I command you so that you may prosper. But they obeyed not, they obeyed not, nor did they pay heed. They walked in the hardness of their evil, their evil hearts and turned their back not their faces to me from the, from the day that I, that your fathers left the land of Egypt even to this day i have sent you untire, untiring all my servants the prophets yet they have not obeyed me nor paid heed they have stiffened their necks and done worse than their fathers when you speak all these words to them they will not listen to you either When you call to them, they will not answer you. Say to them, this is the nation that does not listen to the voice of the Lord. It's God or take correction. 
faithfulness has disappeared. The word itself is the uh, the, the word itself is is banished from their speech. Okay, one more time. Thus says the Lord, this is what I commanded my, uh, my people. Listen, listen to my words. When I, uh, then I will be your God and you shall be my people. Walk in all the ways that I have commanded you so that you may prosper. But they obeyed not, nor did they pay heed. They walked in the hardness of their evil hearts and turned their back, not their faces to me. From the day that your fathers left the land of Egypt, even to this day, I have sent you untiringly with all my servants, the prophets, yet they have not obeyed me, nor paid heed. They have stiffened their necks, <clears throat> done worse than their fathers. When you speak all these words to them, they will not listen to you either. When you call to them, they will not answer you. Say to them, this is the nation that does not listen to the voice of the Lord. It's God or take correction. Faithful, faithfulness has disappeared. The word itself is banished from their speech. The word of the Lord. Look what's happening today around us. In Germany and other parts of Europe, you have a bunch of bishops and lay people not just bishops, but lay people wanting to change the definition of marriage. The German bishops want to reinvent a new right. Even in South America, they want to invent some kind of Amazonian right, some kind of Mayan right that includes mixed into it uh, animalism, um, some kind of pagan uh, Mayan ritual mixed with 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 uh, Mayan gods, Mayan spirits. In Germany, they they're totally ignoring the scriptures. They're totally ignoring the word of God. We are becoming exactly like the people of Israel. We are unfaithful. Our bishops are priests, just like in the days of Ezekiel. They are they they have ran into foreign gods. They have ran into foreign believers. This is a, a complete total apostasy. Rome is not doing its job. Pope Francis is in a boat, or he's walking on the water. And he's looking around and he's seeing the waves of different opinions of people. He's, he's being overwhelmed by the, by the spirit of the world. And even in England, England, the Church of England, they're totally ignoring the scriptures. Everybody has gone, gone nuts over this transgenderism and gay marriages. They are totally abandoning the faith. They've gone nuts with this wokeism. The water, when Christ is walking on the water, that is a that is basically his authority of being God 
He is God himself walking on the face of the maddening waters of the world. He remains untouched because he is God. The madness of the world is not overwhelming to him. He, what we have to do is keep our eyes on him. Focus on him. And not let the opinions of the world overwhelm us. Not to let the opinions or the, or the, or the, the, the rage and madness, the fashion, the trends, the politics, the political movements, the social justice movements, all these things do, should not affect or invade the church. Because our duty is to focus on God and God alone. But what happened when Simon Peter took his, off, his eyes off the Lord, took his mind and heart off the Lord, and he looked around him and he saw the waters around him, even though he was walking on the water. That's what faith means. Faith means you hold on so much to Christ. You walk on the waters and the waters themselves do not affect your faith. You don't take your eyes off of him. You focus on him. That's why we, that, that's, this is why, but guess what? Look what happened in Jeremiah's day. They took their eyes off the Lord. Remember, he took them out of Egypt and they walked through the, through the waters. The waters parted. He was there with them. The waters parted. He cut a line right through the politics of the world. Egypt was behind them. And all the other pagan nations were, were, were a, a, a path was made for them and they made it through. They survived. I'm going to read a passage that I think is very important, but I'm going to read this first. This is going to be Psalm 95. All right. Psalm 95. Psalm 95. And the response is, this is from Thursday, 16th. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Come, let us sing joyfully to the Lord. Let us acclaim the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving, and let, let us joyfully sing psalms to him. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord who made us. For he is our God and we are his people. And we are his people that he shepherds, the flock he guides. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Oh, that today you would hear his voice. Harden not your hearts at Meribah as in the days of mass in the desert. Where your fathers tempted me, they tested me, though they had seen all of my works. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. You see, as soon as they came out of Egypt, they forgot all about all the miracles, all the amazing things that happened the 10 plagues, the parting of the waters. He even gave them bread from heaven and even made water that was undrinkable, drinkable. And they totally forgot everything. They complained like the rest of the world complains. They forget about the good things that God has done for them. We, 
what has happened is that somehow some spiritual veil has came upon our eyes. Some at some point, someone, some the devil has put a spiritual veil over our eyes and our ears and our hearts, and it made it impossible for people, many of our leaders, many other people, to pay attention. We've lost our attention. We've lost our focus on on what the gospel is. All we care about is is carnal things. All we care about is the flesh. All we care about is the materialistic fashions and trends of the world. It's gone out of control, and we have to we have to focus on our Lord. All right, so this is from Luke, Luke's Gospel, and uh, Thursday morning when I uh, read this, this is from Thursday's reading at Mass, and so okay, this is the verse before the Gospel. Even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart, and I am gracious and merciful. Whoever is not with me is against me. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke chapter 11, verse 14 to 23. Jesus was driving out a demon that was mute. And when the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke. And... Hold on, pages got stuck here. Okay, I'll start over again. Jesus was driving out a demon that was mute. And when the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke. And crowds were amazed. Some of them said, by the power of Beelzebul, the prince of demons, he drives out demons. Others, to test him, asked him for a sign from heaven. For he knew their, their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself will be laid waste, and house will fall against house. And if Satan is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say that it is by Beelzebul that I drive out demons. If I then drive out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your own people drive them out? Drive them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. If it is by the finger of God that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man fully armed against uh, guards his palace, his possessions are safe. But when one stronger than he attacks and overcomes him, he takes away the armor on which he, he relied on and distributes the spoils. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters the gospel of the Lord. So, what is the mute demon of today? What is the demon that keeps us mute, that prevents us from speaking? How about cancel culture? How about cancel culture? Think about it. You're a Christian. You're a believer in Christ. You believe that Christianity is true. You believe that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. You believe in the teachings 
of the Bible. You believe in the teachings of the church. You believe in the doctrines, the dogmas. You believe that Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. You believe Jesus Christ is God. You believe Jesus is the incarnate word. He's the alpha and he's the omega. He's the first and he's the last. You believe that there is no salvation outside of Christ and his church. Right? Yes, you believe everything that the, the Bible and the church says about Christ. And I'm talking about the Bible and the church. I'm not talking about um, denominations. I'm talking about the church. And yes, as a Catholic, to me, this is the Catholic church, but the Catholic church does not teach anything else. Does, teaches exactly what the Bible says because the Bible and the church are one. I believe that Jesus Christ is the only begotten son of the father. I believe that Jesus is the incarnate word, the logos, born of the Virgin Mary. I believe he, he is truly God, that he was baptized in the in the Jordan I believe he went out it was driven out in the desert and he was put to the test he passed that test I believe that he started to preach I believe he gave sight to the blind he gave hearing to the deaf he cleansed lepers I believe that he raised the dead like Lazarus Jairus's sister I believe in all the miracles. I believe he multiplied fish and bread. I believe he fed the 5,000 and the 4,000. I believe he turned water into wine. I believe all those things. I believe everything. Yet, I'm threatened with cancel culture. You're threatened with cancel culture. If we say a word, we're pushing our faith. We're proselytizing. We could lose our job. We could lose our positions. We could lose our livelihood. Maybe we can even be arrested. The new mute demon of today is cancel culture. If we speak out against anything, machine outside. If we say anything, we're threatened. We are threatened. We're threatened even now. Even when we're silent, we're being threatened. Not good. Terribly not good. And yet, the ones who, are be the ones who should be speaking out in our defense are our bishops. All right? I mean, okay, so... I know that a lot of people are, you know, with the stuff going on with Ukraine and Russia and the stuff going on with China and the church. So Vladimir Putin has brought back Christianity. Big deal. The fact is in Russia, it's a state-run church. It's a state-run church and the head of the church is the state, or you can say the leader, like Vladimir Putin. He's God, technically. Let's be, let's be honest here. Sure, he can't 
be the God of the Bible, but technically as the head of the state and the, the Patriarch of Moscow is a former KGB agent. God only gets permission from Putin or the state to speak. Is it any different than that of the Church of England? There's a gentleman I want to do a podcast on. His name is Calvin Robinson. Robbins. Um, I believe his name is Robbins. He's a very fine deacon. Uh, he's uh, studying. To, he was supposed to be ordained. I don't think he's ordained. I don't know. I think he might have joined the Free Church of, of England. It's not doesn't take answers from the, um, the Church of England or Parliament because technically the Church of England, the bishops have a place in Parliament. Even though the Queen is supposed to be the head of the church, that's only a figurehead thing. But the Church of England has changed everything. Calvin Robbins gave a speech at Oxford that was fantastic, got a, a, a more than a million views, millions and millions of views on the internet because the Church of England now is going to ordain and, and perform same-sex marriages. The same stupid thing, ridiculous, perverted thing that the church, that the bishops in Germany want to do. They're already doing it in Holland, supposedly. And, and, and Pope Francis, he's dancing around these people. He's listening to the opinions of the world. He's taking his eyes off of Christ. I'm sorry. I know I'm supposed to attack him, but let's admit it. He has said and done the opposite. He has said things that has made people troubled. All right. He's spoken about out against gay marriages or transgender people. Then he invites a trend, a couple, a gay or transgender couple, a gay and a transgender couple to the Vatican. Okay. Let's not let's not let's not pretend that he's that this 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 pope is not making it difficult to figure him out, right? McCarrick gets removed and sidelined by Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. He brings the guy back, Cardinal former Cardinal Theodore McCarrick, who abused, even caused possibly the suicide of, of maybe maybe one or two seminarians, right? Sexually abused a man for years. And other people. A, a serial pedophile rapist. He brings him back, sends him over to China to broker a freaking deal. I'm sorry, but it's true. A perverted deal with a communist party. made to acknowledge a state-run church chosen by the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, and throws the official, the, 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 the true Catholic Church, under the wheels of the CCP, causing churches to be shut down, Christians to be, to be captured and tortured. All right? Everybody says it was a terrible deal. Now he's speaking about climate change. He's speaking about the environment. Laos Pachi Mama, 
uh, a pagan idol to be displayed in the Vatican gardens. Now he's talking about creating an Amazonian or a Mayan rite, which allows animalism, spirit worship, and a, and a, and a pagan altar. Let's face it, Pope Francis has been unfortunately difficult. Let's not pretend that this is not. I mean, those of you who are practicing Catholics and listen to the news, you know that this has been a quite troublesome ride. I think with all honesty, we're not going to ever see another Jesuit in the papacy ever again. Because with, with people like James Martin and others, others, other Jesuits who are doing things that are contradictory, we have learned our lesson. We've learned, even I have to say, the Jesuits have to go. The Jesuits have to be abolished and dismantled. They are no good anymore. They keep doing this over and over and over again. Yes, there are some good Jesuits. Father Mitch Pack was a great Jesuit. There's even other Jesuits, but not, but let those are those those are the uh, the minority. But the Jesuit order has to be completely dismantled, and abolished. We've seen the fruit of the Jesuit order in Pope Francis. We've seen it. I don't think we're interested in ever seeing it again. The teachings of, of St. Ignatius of Loyola are great. But the Jesuits have done him an injustice. The sons of St. Ignatius are, are nothing more but illegitimate, spiritually illegitimate. They have to go. We've seen enough of it. The church is a mess. There's a lot of confusion. A lot of few people feel abandoned. I mean, now with this persecution of of the Latin Mass. Okay, yes, I understand there was a lot of division and everything, but pushing him after parish and parish, uh, after diocese and diocese, pushing him out, simply because you don't like the competition. Well, then you shouldn't be allowing so many abuses in the Norris Ordo. Eucharistic abuses, disrespect, Shameful behavior, shameful music, uh, um, uh, embarrassing uh, sports displays, liturgical dances, mockery, mockery after mockery of the presence. You shouldn't be allowing these things, but you are. And guess what happens? You get less people coming to mass, right? You elderly ladies, prominent Eucharistic ministers, people. I mean, it, it, it's it's embarrassing, but it is, it's a fact, and you're not doing anything about it. Well, let's move on to another reading. All right, so this is from the book of the prophet Hosea, chapter 14, verse 2 and 10. 
Thus says the Lord, Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God. You have collapsed through your guilt. Take with you words and return to the Lord. Say to him, Forgive all iniquity and receive what is good, that we may render as offerings the bullocks, the bullocks from our stalls. Assyria will not save us, nor shall we have horses to mount. We shall say no more, our God, to the works, to the work of our hands, for in you the orphan finds compassion. I will heal their defections, says the Lord. I will love them freely, for my wrath is turned away from them. I will be like the dew for Israel. He shall blossom like the lily. He shall strike root like the, like the Lebanon cedar and put forth his shoots. His splendor shall be like the olive tree and his, and his fragrance like the Lebanon cedar. Again, they shall dwell in his shade and, and, raise, and raise grain. They shall blossom like the vine and his fame shall be like the wine of Lebanon. Ephraim, what more has he to do with idols? I have humbled him, but I will prosper him. I am like a verdant cypress tree. Because of, because of me, you bear fruit. Let him who is wise understand these things. Let him who is prudent know them. Straight are the paths of the Lord. In them they sh the, the just walk, but sinners stumble in them. The word of the Lord. So, you see, this we're, we're just like the people right before the time the Assyrians and the Babylonians came. All our, all, some of our people are turning to the ways of the world. You cannot take something that is not true and pretend it to be true. No matter what, how hard you want it. I know some people think, I've heard people say this, the church has to catch up with the times. The church has to catch up with the times. The church has been around for 2,000 years don't you think it has already caught up with the times? Don't you think the church already has, has pretty much done a pretty good job dealing with, with, with the times? Judaism has been around for, what, 3,000 years, maybe more? And you think they haven't, they haven't been through the times? They caught up with the times, and it cost them. It cost them dearly. It cost them their, their nation. Paganism was the thing of the times. Sin is always the, ta the, the, the times. Blasphemy. Sexual perversion is always the thing of the times. You know, child sacrifice has always been the time. Has always been the, the trend of the time. Everything, sin is always the trend of the time. But the one thing that's always in the way, the one thing that's always gets in the way of the sinner is God. And it's always, this, it's always those, their brothers and sisters who are trying to save them from committing sin, from self-destruction. That's what cost Israel. It cost them dearly. 
It cost them their national, their, their national security. It cost them their temple. It cost them their land. It cost them their safety. It cost them the freedom of their wife and children because sin is slavery to your passions and is always destruction. You destroy your family, your home, your country. You destroy everything and you destroy your relationship with God. But everybody thinks the church should catch up with the times. You mean the church should catch up with the sinful trends of the times. That's what you mean. We we have to pray for our for our bishops. We have to pray for our brothers and sisters because that's the problem. They are in slavery to their passions. They're 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 in slavery to their lusts. Sin is the trend. It's always the fashion of the time. And those who try to save them, who try to wake them up, who try to who get in the way of, 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 their, of their self-destruction, the price we pay is martyrdom. To love someone, to love the sinner and hate the sin is being a saint. If you love the sinner, you want you want to save the sinner from destruction in their sin, in their lust, in their passions. That's being a saint. That's being a saint. Even when they hate you, you still have to love them. Even when they 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 strike at you you still have to love them praying for them blocking them from the from as much as you can to the point where you know god is telling you you have to let them go and you know you love the person so much even when the person is is like their alcoholism, their drugs, their drugs, you know, and their depression is going to cost them self-destruction. But that's what being a saint is. You pray and you try the best you can to help, to help them from going down that road. But even then, there's also a moment where you have to let them go. You know, there's a saying I remember You have to love them enough if you really want them back to let them go. So at some point, maybe they realize there's no other place to go. They have they have just enough wisdom to come back. You know, it's this, it's the same thing with the prodigal son. The prodigal that's but the whole point of the prodigal son. You can't you, you know, you hold them, <clears throat> they hate you more because you held them back, you know? And what happened, the, the father had to let his son go so that maybe he may have enough wisdom to come back. That's what you hope for. That's that's the whole point. That's that, that's that's what God does. A lot of our, 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 our bishops, our, our clergy, you know, they're like, 
They're like the over the hill celebrity, you know, the bankrupt celebrity. They're so desperate to remain relevant. They're so desperate to remain relevant that they're so out of touch with reality. It's like, you know, you've seen that thing with Drew Barrymore. Uh, everybody's talking about over the weekend where she got down on her knees in a most like paying homage to this transgender person. And everybody thought it was weird and stupid. And then her and this, this transgender person got down like, like, like teenage girls on stage. It was so pathetic. I mean, I didn't watch the show. All I saw was clips of it and it was all over the internet. You couldn't even ignore it. And it was like, it was so stupid. Like, this is what celebrities do. Celebrities are over the hill. They, you know, that they, they, and, and I hate to say it, the bishops, the clergy are like that too. It's, it's a lot easier to be stupid, it seems, than to follow God. This is, this is how you know they don't pray enough. This is easier to go with the trends of the times than to fight it. You know, you have to respect the salmon. You've seen, ever watch salmon? I mean, that when they when they swim against the current, it's unbelievably fantastic. And they keep going up against the current to climb up that against the river. Eventually, it leads to their death. That's pretty much like Christ going up to Mount Calvary. The goal is to climb that mountain, even if it kills you, to climb the mountain of God, because the fact is we're made for greatness. We're not made to, to wallow in, in sin. We're made for holiness. And sometimes even going against your society, against your culture, that's going, going down the road of self-destruction. This is what you, you have to keep fighting. All right, let's move on. Okay, this is Psalm 81. And this Psalm is also calling us to repentance. And the response is, I am the Lord your God, hear my voice. An unfamiliar speech I hear. I relieved his shoulder of the burden. His hands were freed from the basket. In distress you called and I rescued you. I am the Lord your God, hear my voice. An unfamiliar speech I hear. I relieved his shoulder of the burden. His hands were freed from the basket. In distress you called and I rescued you. Okay, an unfamiliar speech, meaning you're hearing things that are alien. You're hearing things that are untrustworthy. And the burden you're carrying is the sin. You're carrying sin as your burden. You're carrying something that's holding you down, that's making you into a slave, and sin makes you into a slave. And the hands, your and his hands were freed from the basket, from labor that is. Uh, you're holding things, you're holding a basket of sin. You're holding something that is, your, uh, you know, because sin puts you into a, uh, your, your, um, uh, 
you know, just like a slave out in the field, you're working for something that has that has no benefits for you. You're holding a basket that has no benefits. It only benefits the the devil. Your task, but your daily task, just like the Jews in Egypt, everything they were building was not to their benefit, was not to their to their to their to their health. It was for the good of, of their masters, the Egyptians. The sinful state we're in is not to our health or our benefit, not to our spiritual health or our physical health. It is to those who want us trapped in sin. So someone comes along and relieves us of our burdens. And you hear someone in distress, you, you know, we call out to the Lord and he rescues us. Then the next line, unseen, I answered you in thunder. I tested you at the waters of Mirabah. Hear my people, I will admonish you, O Israel. Will you not hear me? You see, at Mirabah, the waters of Mirabah, because the waters were bitter, they lost, they, they, they went into despair. They were thirsty because they were wandering in the desert. They just came out of Egypt. They forgot about the parting of the Red Sea. They forgot about uh, the pillar of fire at night that, guide, that, that guided, guided and protected them. They forgot about the ten plagues that forced the Egyptians to break and let them go. But as soon as they were out in the desert, they despaired because all they saw was the wilderness, but they forgot about the power of God, the presence of God with them. And they, and, and they lost hope. And then remember, there was also uh, Massa where they cursed the manna. The manna was keeping them alive. They didn't, they didn't meditate on these things. They didn't focus on these things. God rescued us. God is with us. Okay, oh, you know, I tested you at the at the waters of Meribah. Hear my people, and I will admonish you. Unseen, I answered you in the, in in thunder. I tested you at the waters of Meribah. Hear my people, I will admonish you. O Israel, will you not hear me? I am the Lord your God. Hear my voice. There you shall be no strange, no strange. There shall be no strange God among you, nor shall you worship any alien God. I, the Lord, am your God who led you forth from the land of Egypt. That's the thing. Sexual perversion is being a slave to a foreign God, an alien God. Perversion, sexual perversion, lusts and passions are alien gods. All right? When we give into those things, drugs, alcohol, pornography, sexual perversion, masturbation, um, worshiping, uh, you know, constantly looking at porn, constantly, uh, you know, being fed things like it says in the thing here. Uh, okay. An unfamiliar, uh, unfamiliar speech I hear. An unfamiliar speech, listening to things that are 
that are seducing you to destruction, such as the stuff about transgenderism and everything. Remember, all these things are, are, are leading to your destruction. That's what they're doing to these kids. These, it's like a religious, a religious indoctrination, a, a cult indoctrination. Suddenly you are not you anymore. You are what they define you to be. Suddenly your pronouns are not your pronouns anymore. They're whatever pronouns they want you to be. You're not the gender that God gave you. They will choose they, they will choose or mutilate your gender to you can never become you again. You will never be able to find out who you are. Suddenly they're telling you what feelings you have or what you're thinking. This is Satanism. Okay, I am the Lord your God who led you forth from the land of Egypt. He will lead you from the land, from 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 this from this foreign world they're putting you in, and he will lead you to your freedom. He knows you. He's God. He knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows who we are. He made us. And he doesn't make a mistake. Why are you listening to a world that will that doesn't care about you, that doesn't love you, that only wants to use you for their political benefit? I am the Lord your God. Hear my voice. If only my people would hear me and Israel would walk in my ways, I would feed them with the best of wheat and with honey from the rock I will fill them. If only my people would hear me and Israel walk in my ways, I would feed them with the best of wheat. He will f feed us with spiritually with his word and he will also feed us with his body, blood, soul, and divinity because he's God with us. With honey from the rock, I will fill them because he's the word of God is sweeter than honey. The word of God is true nourishment and the body and blood of our, of our Lord Jesus Christ is true food. It's true bread of angels that will, that will, you know, he, he was, he, when we feed on him, he's with us. He feeds our soul with grace. He feeds our, 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 our minds and our hearts with his, with his presence, with his reality. He's really, truly with us. I am the Lord your God. Hear my voice. Verse before the gospel. Repent, says the Lord. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The Lord our God is one Lord. You will love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. All right. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke chapter 12, 28-34. One of the scribes came to Jesus and asked him, Which is the first of all the commandments? Jesus replied, The first is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
There is no other commandment greater than these. The scribe said to him, Well said, teacher. You are right in saying, He is one and there is no other. Then there is no other than he. And to love him with, with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is worth more than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw, saw that he, he answered with understanding, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God, and no one dared to ask him any more questions. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, let me make a correction. It's actually the Gospel according to St. Mark, not Luke. Um, misread that because there's been a lot of Luke lately, but it's Mark's Gospel, chapter 12, verse 28 to 34. So you see how one of the scribes walk up to him, and he's listening. That's the important thing, because he he asked him this question, because he obviously has been listening to Jesus and he's been hearing Jesus, how well he's been answering everybody. And he's not letting the negativity and the prejudices of all the Pharisees and other scribes corrupt his mind, you know, corrupt his opinion of Jesus. So he's approaching Jesus objectively and he's going to ask him a very, very simple question. The most simplest is usually the one that you got to be careful how to answer. And Jesus answered perfectly. You know, um, he asked him, which is the first of all the commandments? Jesus replied, the first is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. The scribe said to him, well said, teacher, you are right in saying he is one and there is no other than he. And to love him with all your heart, with all your understanding and with all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself is worth more than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw this, that he answered with understanding. He said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God and no one dared to ask him any more questions. I can see the Middle Easternness of this whole thing. The very Middle Eastern way of, 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 of talking and, 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 and communicating with each other. It's, it's all there. And you can see the, even the way, the way Mark, the way Mark here is, is is presenting them, the the flavor of of the conversation is very very Middle Eastern, very Jewish, but also very Middle Eastern, because I've seen Arabs talk this way. I've 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 seen Muslims uh, Muslim Arabs talk this way. You can sense it. You can, you know, you can put yourself in the scene and. And if you're familiar with the language, the tone and the style of the language and the 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 expression, it's all there. And he did. He he basically understood Jesus. He agreed with him. And he didn't let the prejudices of everyone around them, their jealousies, their envy, envy of him, and his his holiness, Jesus' holiness, uh 
he didn't let any of this get in his in his understanding of Jesus. And it's beautiful, perfectly beautiful. It's fantastic. And you know, and I'm gonna read something here. This is from uh, oh, it's from Saint Patrick. It's just, this is from Saint Patrick. Uh, I'll read it. May it never happen to me that my God should separate me from his people. He has acquired in the outermost parts of the earth. I pray God that he give me perseverance and dying to grant that I should render him faithful witness until my passing from this life. All for the sake of my God and if at any time I have imitated something that is good for the sake of my God, whom I love, then I ask him to grant me that I may shed my blood for his name's sake, even if this means that I should lack even a tomb, or that my corpse be horribly chopped up by dogs and wild beasts, or that the birds of heaven devour it. I do hereby declare that that should this happen to me, that I should have gained my soul as well as my body. For should any of these things happen, there is no doubt that on the day we shall arise in the brightness of the sun, in the glory of Christ Jesus our Redeemer, as we shall be sons of the living God and fellow heirs with Christ and conform to his image. For, for, for from him and through him and in him we shall reign. This sun that we see rising each day for us by God's command, it shall never rain, nor shall its splendor, nor shall its splendor last. We, on the other hand, are those who believe in, believe in and adore Christ, the true sun. He is the sun that does not perish. And so we too, who do his will, shall not perish. And as Christ will abide forever, so he who believes in him will abide forever. For Christ reigns with God, the Father Almighty, and with the Holy Spirit before all ages, now and through all the ages to come. So here it is. I have again and again briefly set before you the words of my declaration. I bear witness in truth and joyfulness of the heart before God and his holy angels. And the one and only purpose I had in going back to the, that people from whom I had earlier escaped was the gospel and the, promise, the promises of God. I now pray for anyone who believes in and fears God and who may perchance come upon this writing that Patrick, the sinner, and the unlearned one wrote in Ireland. So you see here, Here's Patrick. He was kidnapped and for six years he was held by the Irish as hostage. He was forced to take care of their, their sheep. And he believes that circumstances that led him to his captivity was his sin. Whatever sin he committed, he feels. But in reality, it wasn't just his sin. It was because God already had a purpose for him. God had him, yes, he permitted that he be taken prisoner away from his family. He was a Roman from England. I mean, his family worked for the Roman Empire 
and this was near the end of the Roman Empire, <clears throat> excuse me. So he was out in the fields, in the cold, in the heat, alone, guarding the sheep of his pagan master. And he began to pray. He prayed every day and every morning. He prayed in the cold, in the rain, in the snow, in the heat. He prayed and prayed and prayed. And he began to love prayer and love the time, spending time with, with, with Christ in prayer and contemplation. He became a master at prayer. And this led him to finally, to finally basically, he had the courage to leave and he escaped and he became a priest. And then he realized God called him back. He, God was calling him back to the Irish, back to Ireland to preach the gospel. He found his purpose in life. He found what God wanted him to do. And he realized God had, God was communicating him throughout all this time. All this time, God was communicating him what to do with his life. And he found out that God called him to go back to the Irish and bring the gospel. This is, this is a fantastic. It was like years of discernment. And you see it. We too have to start bringing the gospel to our fellow brothers and sisters in this society. And I think we're going to finally start seeing this because our brothers and sisters are trapped mentally and emotionally and spiritually in sin. And this, this society, this world is going to kill them. It's going to destroy them. It's going to, it's already starting to destroy them. All right. So, um, let's end it here. Um, Let's say in our Father, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in the day of battle. Be our protection against the wild and wicked attacks of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the wound of souls. Amen. Welcome to my neighborhood. My neighbor's dog's next door is barking. Glory be to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.